0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Swimming and Singing, the podcast for Spoonies and the people who love them. I'm Sarah Nelson, a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, and today I'll be talking to Andrea Catlett, a chaplain and the co founder of Fallen Sparrow, a nonprofit with a mission to be a healing presence by caring for the needs of people with disabilities, special needs, chronic illness, sickness, and loss. Andrea also lives with multiple chronic health conditions and we chat about the isolation of living with disability, advice for non-Spoonies on giving advice to Spoonies, and the ways she finds acceptance and joy in her daily life. Just a reminder, this podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. Andrea is a disabled mom, wife, friend and caretaker of her medically complicated children and her 83-year-old mom. She graduated from Portland Seminary and has been a chaplain who served during the COVID pandemic until she needed to quit due to her disability. After serving in the hospital, she and her husband started Fallen Sparrow a nonprofit with a mission to be a healing presence by caring for the needs of people with disabilities, special needs, chronic illness, sickness, and loss. This mission is accomplished through online care visits and support groups. Their vision is for people to know they are seen, they are known, and they are not alone. Hello, Andrea, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. We have been chatting over email, and one of the things you said felt so profound, and I'd love to start with that. I was letting you know that I would invite you to share about your health conditions on the podcast, but it was up to you what, what you shared and how much you chose to share. And your response was, I just like telling people up front, as it may connect with someone else and they will say, me too. Me too are healing words. And if we can't have total healing in our bodies, we should have some in our souls. With that in mind, and knowing folks can always read more about your story on your website, what what would you like to share with us today about your history of chronic illness?
1: Yeah. There's so much to say. <laughs> um, I have struggled with chronic illness since, um, my f- second child was born, um, which was 2009 and I don't, or he was born 2008, but I got most of my diagnoses or started to get some diagnoses and just continue to build since 2009. Um, and that's a long time. I don't even know how many years that is now, but it's it's a while. And um, yeah, my kids also have chronic illness, so that's hard too. So I've I know I say I've been caregiving for seventeen years <laughs> because my oldest is seventeen, but yeah, I have um, posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, um, cell activation syndrome thoracic outlet syndrome, May-Thurner syndrome, asthma. I just have a lot of stuff. At one time I was bedridden um, and I was running like seven to something miles a day. And then I went from running to not being able to go upstairs. So then my doctors were like, something's wrong. And I know some people never get diagnosed just as quickly as I did. And my heart just goes out to them because I got diagnosis for I got diagnosed fairly qu- quickly with POTS. And so, yeah, but there was a while where I was completely bedridden. I'm pretty functional now. I did get qualified for disability in 2016. That's a whole long process. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so a long, a long journey.
0: A long journey, yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, um, yes, it seems like many people – struggle for years before before they can get a diagnosis get someone to listen to them um so i'm glad that that was quick for you yeah
1: yeah it's i mean people go from doctor to doctor to doctor and people don't they don't believe them oh it's all on your head and that's just
0: it's not fair (laughs) no no i agree Um, You mentioned in our correspondence that disability is profoundly isolating and it doesn't get the acceptance that other communities get. Do you want to say any more about that? Yeah,
1: it's... um... I mean, we don't have really, I mean, maybe there's a disability awareness day, but I think we're all like stuck in bed or stuck that we can't go out and celebrate, you know, like how do you get disabled people to like really, you know, put their, put their name out there. It's really, really challenging. And, and the lives of people who care for the people who are disabled are just Mm -hmm. as busy as the disabled people caring for them. So they can't, you know, do that as well. Um, And I mean, I still go into so many places where uh, disability like ramps are not accessible for disabilities. It's not that all, I mean, my illnesses, everybody thinks they look fine. Not all disability is um, visible, but just the other day um, I went into a hospital and I went into the larger bathroom, which is for, you know, a person with a wheelchair and the, um, the seat covers, you know, the paper seat covers were like an arm length up. I mean, there's no way somebody could get them if they were in a wheelchair. I mean, I was like, that's high for just me, let alone somebody in a wheelchair. And I mean, I just kind of pay attention to that stuff and see, you know, where just, oh, wow, or churches don't have the accessed and I mean I just wish there was more more awareness and more acceptance and more um, money spent toward making people feel welcome in the disability community.
0: Yeah thank you. That's especially disappointing at a hospital.
1: Yeah, I was just shocked like you gotta be kidding me yeah
0: yeah. As a yoga therapist, I try really hard to not send the message that yoga is going to cure <laughs> or fill in the blank. Um, and I know you have some frustrations around people like perhaps well meaning, but you know, they have, they want to fix you or yeah. Yeah. Um, so. What kind of message would you like to share with folks about those interactions, however well-meaning they may be? Yeah, um, I think
1: I'd like to say, like, I've accepted myself as I am and I'm not broken. I'm not... um, I'm really, I'm really okay. And it's more people are not okay with you being sick. And it's funny. I recently read a book. It's a Christian book, but, um, my, what is it? The diet, what is the wording of that book? Um, my body isn't your prayer request and yeah, I loved it. And so great. So sometimes people just, especially cause I'm in the Christian community, um, you know, people want to pray for you. And I mean, I'm all great for that. I believe in healing even like, but you need to, I'm just, I'm not your little project, you know, and I've done essential oils and I've done these medicines and I've done, you know, Eastern medicine. I've done so much and it's just really frustrating. Like, can you just, it's kind of like the acceptance acceptance piece. Could you just accept me as I am? I've expect, I've accepted this. And people don't realize everyone will have a disability before they die. The majority of people. And so I just get to realize that I'm okay in my body now. And some people won't ever get to realize that. And they'll be disabled when they're 60, 70, 80. And they'll be miserable because you can't always fix it. And sometimes you just need to be okay with your bodies and um and you don't need to sell something to me (laughs) because I'm really okay and really if you want me to try it so bad then you should pay for it because I have plenty of medical bills that I can't pay so if you want me to try your product so much then you should just if you believe that'll completely heal me then just give it to me for free
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you for that um I, I really resonate with that message of here we are, we are perfect and whole as we are. And there's, there's nothing that there's nothing that needs to be fixed. Um, yeah.
1: I'm good with myself. If yeah. this is who I am the rest of my life, even, I mean, I, um, I even have, uh, I think everyone over 18 should do a medical, um, power of attorney because you never know what your, um, circumstances are going to be. And when I was even bedridden, I was like, if this is it, um, as a chaplain, I believe in prayer and I like praying for people. And, um, if that's what they want, I'm not just going to go pray for them, like I said, but, um, even if I'm bedridden for the rest of my life and all I can do is pray in my bed, I'm okay with that. You know, this is, this is okay, you know, and I can still make a difference. Even when I'm laying down on my bed, I'm still of value. I still have purpose. And um, I think people think you're less than, and you're really not. And so that yeah.
0: really needs to be just
1: slashed. Those, that's such a lie. And so,
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think towards the beginning, you said, like, they're the ones who are uncomfortable. So it's like their discomfort is what is driving them. Did you, um, did you, did you work to getting to that point or...
1: Yes. I wouldn't say I'm always there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Completely. And I like, yeah, I was saying that and I thought, oh my gosh, well, it's not that I don't struggle some days. Um, I think um, just disability is, I mean, it, it knocks you down all the time, you know, and I know that your confidence can be lower. I mean, you just want to go after something and then you can't do it because you have a bad day or you have bad days, bad month, bad week, bad year. And that's, that's hard. And so, um, I work really hard in my mind (laughs) to, to get there and it takes, um, it takes a lot. And some days that means, you know, going to counseling. Some days that means calling a friend. Some days I just got back on antidepressants because sometimes you just, you need that. Um, and so, cause it just, it is, it's a punch in the face almost every day. And I mean, if anyone would see all the bruises that you have all over your body walking around, they would think, wow, oh my gosh, she's really hurting. But, um, you can't, You can't see it, especially when your disability is invisible. Mm -hmm. You know, you have no idea what um, what people are doing and how how it takes a toll on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I don't remember how I stumbled upon this bit of information, but I remember where I was like resting in bed. I don't know if it was on your website or Instagram when I saw that one of the things as a family you guys have done is celebrate some of the lesser known holidays because sometimes one of you is in the hospital during the bigger holidays. And I just like it it made my heart glow a little bit that like, Mm. oh, yeah, she's Andrea is looking for joy where where she can. So, can you tell me a little bit about that and what kind of holidays you guys have celebrated? Yeah, I'm going to add something to this too that maybe
1: you don't know. Uh, so, I'm going to do that first. When um, so my kids after my diagnosis is, they told me I shouldn't have kids, and I'm like, well, I already have two. So, what are you going to do? You know, I, I am. I'm going to keep them. And so they got a load of my diagnoses, and my my um my now fourteen year old almost died in my arms, and my other one has nearly died, and I've nearly died a few times. One, you should probably do a podcast with my husband. He's the real, <laughs> the one that's like maintained everybody. And so, um anyway, um so my kids were so sick um, when they were young that I couldn't even put them in school. Um, and so, um, maybe you do know this, but, uh, we, I started a, a, playground blog called playing in Portland. And so I don't know if you knew that. So, um, but that was like our moment of joy. Like, I mean, we can't, I mean, we still, we can't do big vacations. We have gone to Disneyland once, but I mean, it's so hard. I don't, I I don't travel anymore at all. It's just too completely. It's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so we would do playgrounds and I would blog on them. And we even were on the news in, in Oregon. Um, cause this was like a reprieve. This is like, this is what we can do. And so I loved playing in Portland. It was so much fun. People still go to it. I should have advertising cause I could make money off of it, but I don't. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then also, um, Through that, we would do celebrate random national holidays. And so, one that's coming up that is still my favorite is National Lollipop Day, which is July 20th. And I still make my kids celebrate that one because that's like my all time favorite. They're now 17 and 14 and they don't want to celebrate the national days. But we would do, and I can't remember all the days, um, what days they actually are, but like, National Can Day, where we'd like a crush a can day, so I'd make them go in the back and like crush cans, and I mean, you know, just silly fun stuff. I still like sometimes when I see, oh, it's National Hot Dog Day. Okay, we're eating hot dogs for dinner. You know, just to kind of make it fun, but they're not as into it as um, as before. Another one was National Hat Day. I know that we did all the time. Um, and we would make like hats out of paper bags or whatever. It was, it was so fun to do it when they were little, cause they were more into it. And now I'm like, maybe I'll get to be a chaplain in a children's hospital and get that fun more back. But I, I loved it. Yeah. It was just the way that, yeah, cause sometimes we don't get to celebrate things. So let's, let's celebrate what we can celebrate and live how we can live because this life is hard and we have to find joy. And you got to like search it out. You got to, you got to strive for it.
0: Yes. So. I, I agree with that. And I feel like, um, that just, that brings me, leads to me to my next question, which was just about joy. I feel like that's something that you and I share is just how do we find joy in the everyday, in the ordinary? One of the things I try to do every day is sit outside in the backyard, just be with the trees and the squirrels and, um, whatever the weather is. And I, um, what are, what are some other ways you find joy on a daily basis? Cause I really do think we have to cultivate it.
1: Yes. I like that word. That is definitely the, the word to use cultivate. Yes. Um, yeah. I too sit outside. I just got back from a walk (laughs) and we live by a reservoir. And so um, I was so busy Um, today. I have a lot going on, but I'm like, I know I'm not going to be okay unless I go on a walk. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And so that, and uh, we moved into a new house in December and we're actually with my mom. I'm a caretaker of of her. And uh, it has a beautiful garden in the back. And I have just oh loved it. I mean, I'm out there all the time. The other day, I only got four hours of sleep because my husband was out of town, and I was helping my mom um, do a sleep study. And you know, my kids wake up. uh, My oldest wakes up at four forty five to go to work. Um, Crazy. So like, no. I call this the no sleep house. I'm like, this is. I need to sleep in this house, but, um, I got four hours to sleep, but I spent seven hours in my garden (laughs) and it was wonderful and I was okay. And so, um, yeah, I know, I don't know if you've read, uh, Tribe Softer by Andi, uh, what is her last name? Uh, Colber, maybe that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, she says something that I use a lot and she says, uh, be a beauty hunter. And so, cause that's a way I don't know if she's necessarily says that's a way to cultivate joy, but it's a, a life giving thing that we need. And so I, I often tell people beauty hunters. So this morning when I thought my son had to go to work at four 45 and he wasn't up, I'm like, why can't I hear him? I immediately went to the blinds. Cause I'm like, I'm don't always get up. Let's see if I can see the sunset, you know, just hunting for beauty um, is like that cultivating. And it's just a way that brings joy that people with chronic illness have to do. And I know it's hard. And sometimes you don't even want to get out of bed. And I 100% get it. Um, but if you just one thing a day, get up and turn those blinds just to see the sun, um, I think it's totally worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So finally, I would love to hear more about Fallen Sparrow, how it came about, what you guys do, and um, any sort of u- upcoming activities you have.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was a chaplain in the pandemic. Um, I actually had worn a mask um, years prior to everyone wearing a mask, and um, I it took me so long to finish my master's degree because, you know, sickness. Um, So I finished in um, 2020. And then I never got to do my clinical pastoral units. And so um, I'm like, you know what, everyone's wearing a mask. Um, I can wear a mask and I can fit in now. And um, kind of like that acceptance piece. Everyone looked at you crazy when you're the only one wearing a mask. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just awkward. It's weird. What's wrong with her? Is she sick? And um, I'm just allergic to everything mm-hmm. and um, like chemicals and just, yeah. Sometimes I tell my friend, You're clean. <laughs> Why do you have to be clean? Because <laughs> then that makes me more allergic to just the products that she uses. So, um, yeah. So I went back and I did a unit of clinical pastoral education. And then I um, got hired on and it was wonderful, um, but my body couldn't keep up. And so there was a whole, as you know, a lot of deaths and it was just too much. And so then I thought there's got to be a way that I can still um, do chaplaincy. So I thought that and with all the other people who are with me, they're like, you have to do online stuff. Like you would be great at it. And, you know, I can really connect with people being sick because it's my life and it's my kid's life and it's what we've lived. Um, excuse me. And so, um, yeah, so I started this, um, kind of online chaplaincy service. Our, our mission is to be a healing presence, um, to people with, uh, chronic illness disabilities, sickness, and loss. And it's just to reach out to people wherever they are. I recognize that people are just as needing help outside of the hospital as they are inside of the hospital and sometimes more so um, because, I mean, it's just isolating and it's lonely and nobody comes to visit you at home. I mean, I know in all the even Christian communities that I had, we hardly had anybody that would ever like come support us or help us. And even living here now in Oregon or in Colorado from Oregon, 14 years, I still haven't seen my friends that I was friends with because they don't want to go out with a sick person. You know, I mean, they just don't want to hear stories. They don't, they just want to, they only want to hear things that are good and wonderful. So uh, Fallen Sparrow um, just meets people like who have special needs, chronic illness, sickness, disabilities, and loss. And also we do uh, so we do one-on-one care sessions, and we also do support groups. So we have done, um, since now I'm taking care of my mom, um, we're doing caring for aging parents. We're doing that support group in October. We're doing a caring for children in uh, September. And then um, we also want to do like healthcare workers because they're burnt out. We just don't have a date um, for that. And then a chronic illness support group because I mean, yeah, I am in like a hundred groups on Facebook from all my conditions, and that's helpful. But it's not that connection piece. And so, um, we will be doing that probably in, um, I don't know if November because of Thanksgiving or if I'll wait till January, but we'll be doing that soon. And people can sign up, um, for those, um, by going to our website, it's, uh, Fallen Sparrow Um, and yeah, you can get on our email list and then get notified when a, a support group would be in our future, in your future.
0: Excellent. And I will, um, include that website in the show notes as well as your Instagram and Facebook, but, um, follow-up question. You are a chaplain. I believe it says non-denominational, but you did also mention Christianity. So I'm just curious if people were interested in the groups.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, And like, oh yeah, you don't have to be anything. You can be straight out atheist. Like, uh, I'm not here to proselytize I'm not here to convert I mean there's no i mean no spiritual aspect of um, a group setting if someone wants it then I provide it and I mean I have a Christian background so that's that's where I would approach it from but yeah. No, we are. I mean, just like the hospital. I mean, if someone's trying to convert you in the hospital when you're dying, that's just awful. You know, like just support me. And so that's same thing, just supporting people where they are. And uh, I just love people. It doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so great to chat with you. That's all the questions I have. Is there anything else you wanted to express?
1: Yeah, no. If someone's listening and they are chronically ill, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hard, but just just keep going. And when you need support, when you need reach out, reach out to people because I know days can be so hard, but there's also joy. Like we mentioned, you can just just wait for those moments and they'll come. Yeah.
0: Well, Andrea, it was so nice to talk to you today. Thank you so much for taking time out.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I loved being here. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. If you're interested in working with me or joining my online therapeutic yoga membership, head to my website at bit.ly/yogatherapy4spoonies, and there you'll also find a link to a free yoga in bed three-part course. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please share, rate, and review this podcast thoughts, or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.